Welcome to Tales from the Tap. My name is Frankie and this is my co-host. Stan the Man. And we are excited to talk to you about what's happening in the metagame post-LCI release. Uh, but before we do, Stan, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Oh, I'm glad you asked. I just talked to my mother today. She's cooking for the first time in years. <laughs> I'm excited, bro. She's always like, I'm too busy. Go somewhere else. And then I have to go to... My girlfriend's aunt house, and I hope she's not listening. Because Go get some Jersey Mike. Sorry, I get. Well, I'm not joking. Uh, we get McDonald's on the way to Winter's aunt's house before Thanksgiving. Is it that, every time we go? Is it that bad? It's it's that bad. And I don't like making fun of white people food, but it's basically borderline UK. It's like a cigarette and a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it tastes like. I don't know what it actually is, but. I was so excited. My mom was like, yeah, we should all come over to my place, blah, blah, blah. And we were at Golden Corral today because it was my sister's birthday. And so we were having like a family dinner, whatever. And during the dinner, it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to come over, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, cheesecakes, whatever. And then my brother was like, my brother is like, lasagna? <laughs> we're all just like, lasagna for Thanksgiving? He's like, I love lasagna. And mom never makes it. I haven't had lasagna in years, man. I'm like. I mean, we can make lasagna if you want, but it's like that's like a Tuesday food, you know what I mean? Right, yeah, yeah, Tuesday dish. <laughs> for sure. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited for Thanksgiving because my mom's going to make mole and we're making some cheesecakes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help her bake, so we'll get it all done. Super excited. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. What about you? Yeah, I love, I love just stuffing myself. And now, right, then I'm married and we go to both families mm, on the same yeah. day. So it's like in the morning, we go over to our parents, we're watching the Macy's Day Parade, drive over to my family, and she has been, my aunt has been cooking for years, but just added like her friend who like was a chef for years. Oh, nice. Because like they, their family is like spread out, so they join us and she helps her cook. And so we always have a really good turkey, uh, even though I only have like one piece because it's just dry. Sure, sure. It's like turkey's not like my total jam. But yeah, like, a little bit like gravy on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the big thing for me is that my aunt makes homemade cranberry sauce. Oh, okay. Just for me because I'm like the only one that eats it, sure. me and my wife. Um, we get a ham too, like one of those big hams. Mm. So I'm not a fan of ham, but that does sound pretty good, especially oh. if it's like pearl made. Oh, yeah. It's like they're just carving it right <laughs> there. Um, love that. And then we go over to uh my in-laws and food's good there too but you know not like my family sure sure and also but the one thing that she does that i'm like can't wait for is uh she makes this green bean casserole oh which dude, she just casserole green beans in like the cream of mushroom yes. soup and i was about to bring that up it. actually and i was like that stuff i'm like Come yeah on. I need more. Yeah, usually I have to go to like three or four Thanksgivings because I have so much family as like, you know, Mexican people, but I just have a lot of family. Yeah. So my aunt's like, hey, you coming over? And then Winter's family's like, hey, you coming over? And then my mom's like, hey, you coming over? And then like one of my uncles like, you want to come over? And I'm just like planning my day out. Like if I go this way, it's like the least amount of driving. <laughs> but yeah, my you aunt. each um, get 23 minutes. I literally, I'm, I'm like, hey, I got to go. I'm, a, I'm on the clock. Yeah. Yeah. Grieving casserole. My aunt's house. <laughs> here right <laughs> now right now <laughs> um but yeah i'm excited it should be fun plus it's good family time it's just actually good family time uh my sister got a new car so that was pretty fun although i hated being at the car dealership for like eight hours <laughs> um what's it called I'm trying to think what else is going on this week besides thanksgiving that's about, about it right oh man it'll be me coming back for more uh 
draft come Friday. Oh yeah, we're I'm finally ready. starting drafts. Black Friday is going to be here for me. <laughs> yeah, so what we started doing at the shop is now we will uh, do pre-release sealed normal and then the week after we do another sealed but we do like a discounted one where it's like 20 bucks instead of 30 bucks or whatever it's so much fun i think for the next time i want to do two at a giant though i'm gonna like do a poll asking people what they think because a lot of people were like oh two at a giant would be sweet and we only get to do it like once a quarter since we only do it for pre-release one time and i think a lot of people really like doing two at a giant i know that pastimes does it as well Mm -hmm. i think they do something similar to what you guys have been doing except they do like right after pre-release like they do like a wednesday thursday whatever oh just like getting rid of the rest of their boxes yeah i get you just just to use the kits up yeah we usually don't have a problem selling the kits because people just like ripping pre-release kits um but yeah it is more fun to use them for the actual event you only get them for so long before they're gone unless you hoard them which i I just don't have the space for yeah um but yeah it is it's just so much more fun and two at a giant is just a blast it's so much more fun to get new people in with two at a giant uh friends that normally might not have played individually will be like oh we can just do it together it's two at a giant is honestly a blast if you haven't played it definitely recommend finding a spot to play two at a giant or asking your lgs if you guys can run it getting like it's not that hard to get like eight people but if you can get like 16 plus that's so many teams i think we had like something like 12 or 13 teams and you weren't even here because you had your show but right. we had like 13 teams this pre-release that's the most and there was so many people Kevin wow. yeah the store was packed i had to like take even these tables that we're using here which normally are like it's our workstation we had to like bust them out for people to use to play so much fun uh pre-release this set was awesome the set itself has been phenomenal we're gonna get into that this set is killer yeah probably more crazy than wilds of eldraine actually yeah i think so too and it's it's not like as fast as like Phyrexia all be one, but it's still like you have to be doing things quickly. You can't be like, oh, I'm gonna wait till turn three to like play oh, something. Sure. Like And that's just limited. I'm talking like some of these cards have really crazy uh constructed implications. Oh yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I guess uh the last thing we get into before we uh jump into the episode is uh Frank had the RCQ this weekend. I think it was in Madison you were playing? Yeah, Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, so went to Madison for an RCQ. Frank was playing Tron. Before he went, he was asking me like, oh, what should I play? What should, what should my list look like? And I'm like, well, what decks are you expecting? Blah, blah, blah. We talked about it. And this is stuff we can help you guys with too if you join the Discord and stuff. But uh, we talked about what his deck looks like, how to sideboard against what matchups, what he should be really scared of, what cards to look out for. And we really planned it pretty well. I think, in my opinion, we planned it really well. Uh, obviously, we were scared of some scam, but not as much uh not as much as you think and then uh some Merktide i think we were prepping for and then you also said burn rhinos rhinos right so with that in mind um and obviously the four color deck is not really a problem for tron so you don't have to necessarily prep for it uh with that in mind in the metagame we had a list ready frank goes to play i think you said you ended up four and two Four and two. And what was so surprising was we expected, like Jeremy and I were talking about it beforehand. Yeah. We're like, oh, we hope that there are a couple people that like go, we want like five rounds, yeah. but like not too many people. And so we truthfully were expecting 20. Yeah. And we get there and we're like, oh, oh, yeah. 46. 46 people came to this event. And it was a lot of like regulars from Chicago, yeah. like energy people we were seeing there. I told you Sam Black had walked in for like right. four seconds. Uh, unfortunately, he did not register ahead of time. So Oof. he ended end up leaving. That's um, unfortunate because I don't know if he lives in Madison. He's in Wisconsin. So I think he's like ah, okay, close. So it's not that bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it was a really good day. I unfortunately round one faced land destruction, which yeah. was really like brutal for Tron. Like yeah, I was the, bring that up. the guy across from me, like when I played my first Tron land, his eyes were like, like just lit up. He was like, like he was like, what I prepped for. right? He was like, this is the dream. Um, yeah, I feel bad too because um, I have played against Boombus before, which is the land destruction deck Frank is talking about. It's not like Panza. He's playing against specifically Boombus pile. And Boombus traditionally has always been like a bad matchup for Tron if people actually play it. But as a Tron player who's been playing for like 10 plus years on, on the deck, I was like, oh man, if, if I was there, I could have really helped you out. If I knew you were going to play against Boombus, I could have prepped you because there are lines. There's like, there are ways to play around it. But not only is it already a hard matchup, Frank's never seen the deck before, so that was like it was going to be unwinnable. And even even with experience, it's almost unwinnable. Yeah, especially well, now with cleansing wildfire. Right. And what was so lights out in the final game of that match was turn two, like it was like indestructible tap land on one, Urza Saga on two with boom. Yeah. So then they were making constructs like immediately, so I didn't have the ability to like get a board wipe out quickly. And then it was like cleansing wildfire the next land I had. And so it was just so, uh, I was like, I can't deal with these constructs yeah. because I can't get to five lands to like, even not it's with brutal. Tron blow something up. But that's yeah, just the, a hard matchup. Yeah. The rest of the day was really good. Like got, got a dub over Eldrazi Tron, then hammer in three, then rhinos in three. And hammer is honestly not a hard, not a, not an easy matchup for Tron. I would say, uh, hammers can be really, really aggressive out the gate. They can put a lot of pressure on Tron. Ugin is like borderline worthless in that matchup. It's like almost always got to be O Stone. So like you have some dead cards in the matchup and they're aggressive. You mean Ugin the Spirit Dragon? Yeah. Oh, that's so funny because that's the card that clutched me out a game. Oh, that's so funny. With the Bolt, I'm assuming? Because you can't really mine this very well unless it's Esper Sentinel. They had Esper Sentinel and they had... um, Shoot. The the creature that tutors for... uh, one of your hammers. Oh, Stoneforge Mystic. Yeah. Yeah. And they were playing the like Cauldra Complete. Right. Yeah. And so I was able it to is like. the only way to deal with Cauldra theoretically, but right, more so often than not, Ugin is so worthless in the matchup. I wiped everything, the whole nice. board, except for the Cauldra Complete. Like just the, the token the, got the wiped. Yeah. But everything else was gone. Nice. And my opponent even said afterwards, he was like, Yeah, I don't think I could lose. I didn't think there was anything I could lose to. And then you slammed Ugin. And I was like, Oh. And <laughs> was I was that like, in game one or two? That was game three. Oh, that was man. like the game that won. That's it. crazy because I wouldn't have even kept the Ugins in. Well, maybe it depends on what I'm sideboarding in, but because um, there's probably not anything you're really sideboarding with a Karn board. But Ugin is traditionally Just the so Haywire bad Mites. against that deck. Yeah, Haywire might. Yeah. Haywire might crush his Culture Complete, but usually Culture Complete is like kind of slow for trying. Like they have to be hammering you. So I'm surprised that was the game plan. I guess I'd have to see the context of the game. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's interesting. And then the other deck you lost to was Burn, right? Burn. Was yeah, Jeremy Bur- Burn. Burn was else? after Rhinos. It was someone else. Yeah, someone else that also made top eight. Decent amount of burn players then. Yeah, I think there were five. Wow. Five burn players of 46. Yeah, burn burn is a good deck. It's really consistent, guys. If you are trying to win in RCQ or just even like get good at modern, burn will carry you and then you can get even better at it. And good burn players playing that deck can be scary. Very scary. And then on top of that, you can just learn the format as you... Burn always does what it does. The game plan rarely deviates. But once you play against all these different decks and you start learning the format more then you can start feeling comfortable to branch out. And it's so cheap. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then went against Mark Tide, got the 2-0, mm-hmm. ended up being 11th, so just like missed getting yeah. into top eight. 
but I had a good day. I felt like I played well. I felt like I really made one like huge mistake mm -hmm. uh, that even was close yeah. for the burn burn matchup. Right. Uh, and the store was really fun. Yeah. Like I love Pop Funkos. I was able sure. to grab two oh, nice. of them of the magic ones. They had a lot of space in them. Yeah, because they're hard to find. Yeah. That's nice. And they had a massive like Great Dane that was like the dog of the shop oh, oh, oh nice and so he was like running around up and down the aisles like chasing a ball during our games carrying <laughs> this cute little octopus around and like even when you know i was playing against hammer and things were really intense and i'm seeing this giant dog run back and forth and like play with a ball that he's 25 times bigger than yeah i it just made me smile and so i yeah. was like man like I, it was just a good day like even though we didn't get there i was like this this is a nice day uh, and i think you did really well considering you lost to a land destruction which is like probably the one of the most unwinnable matchups of all time for sure and then burn which is already just gonna be like a 60 40 in their favor um the game you lost was game two that you could have potentially won uh, the play we're talking about is that Frank was telling me about the game and he ended up playing a Haywire Mite to block with, which is kind of the game plan for like getting some extra life. But he blocked it when the opponent had two two mana open, so he got skull cracked and then net didn't get any life, which I mean, at least you blocked, but it's, ni it's nice to get plus four instead of just plus two. Right. That really makes a difference. It ended up making the difference where Frank was at seven, lost to Boros Charm. Um, but had you won that game, game three on the draw against Burn, like it's yeah, not gonna rough. happen. Yeah. So usually you have to cheese game one with the haywire might and then and be on the play. Game three. <laughs> yeah, winning the die roll definitely helps. Yeah. When I lost the die roll, I was like <laughs> But yeah, all things considered, I think you did really well. You did uh you did uh the Tron players uh a service and then uh Jeremy, our boy, who comes all the time and Played burn and I ended told up winning, them, right? Yeah, and I told them I'd be mad about it. I was like, Jeremy. I was like, what happens if I, what happens if I invite you and then you end up winning? And he did. So I was like, oh, you guys went together? Yeah. Well, oh. we didn't like we didn't go together, but he wasn't going. Oh. And I was like, oh, you want to come to this RCQ? I'm going out to Madison. And he was like, yeah, I'll go. Sure. And then I was, I made a joke before, like when here on Thursday, I was like, what happens if you like come and then like you end up winning? Yeah. And I invited you and that's exactly what happened. So oh, yeah. So you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> and also like uh, Well, we, you didn't face me. So Hey know, man, that's awesome. We Jared. dodged each other the whole day. So it was it's fine. Yeah, because last time when we had the RCQ here, I think you guys were split in the final round. Yes. So and that was and, nice because then you get to dodge burn. Well, and he said too, he told me he's like, Yeah, if you were like a rando, I would have played you because I want better breakers mm. as burn right. in the finals. But he was like, because I know you and like you might not have gotten in yeah. if I played, we I drew. And, and that was like, true, yeah. And I was like, like beating the Tron player, so easy peasy, then you don't then you get to go first in the playoffs. Yeah. That really matters. It does. For sure. So Jeremy's a nice guy. I'm glad he got it to win his RCQ or his RC invite. So yeah. shout out to Jeremy. And then uh that's gonna wrap up our small talk for now. Um just to get into some quick housekeeping before we do our episode. The um Twitch stream has been going really well. Frank has been streaming a bunch, uh, just getting a ton of trophies in Cavernous of Ixalan. I haven't even been able to play because I was sick, and then I went from being sick to playing catch-up at work. So I haven't gotten to play very much. 
Frank built me this awesome Orzov deck, and I haven't got nothing with it. But um, if you guys want to check out the stream, definitely throw us a follow. It's free. We'd really appreciate it. We're trying to get as many follows as possible just to keep growing the content, get get more viewers. Um, and then we're also posting all these episodes on YouTube. So hopefully the mic quality is good. I think the last couple episodes, I was pretty unimpressed with the mic quality but we are trying our best for you guys um spending a little money out of pocket to upgrade the stream we want to get a better camera for you guys as well right now it's a little bit not the best but it, it is getting it done and we want to make sure to keep getting good content out for you guys we're using tape <laughs> yeah we're using tape <laughs> but uh if you guys can just give us a subscribe on youtube also free we'd really appreciate it uh spread the word you know tell your friends send the link out Really appreciate that as well. Just uh, the more viewers, the better. But um, we have been getting quite a few viewers on YouTube. So if you're watching and you haven't subscribed yet, we'd really, pre really appreciate it. And we, we're glad to have you here listening with us. Um, with that being said, we do have, um, no, we didn't have any new patrons uh, to shout out this time, but we are at almost double digit patrons. So to the people that have subscribed to our Patreon, really grateful you guys thank are the you. best thank you for supporting us thank you for keeping the lights on and helping us uh, get more content out to you guys it really makes it easier to get the content out for you guys so we really appreciate the support and with all this help that we're getting over from our jamie todd you know someone's got to feed him it's true we got to feed todd he's over there and he's hungry we actually had to put him in a cage so he would uh, <laughs> stay out of the episode <laughs> He needs to get his wing stop because he's not respectful in this house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is a wing snap store. Yes. Um, <laughs> do shout do out your to due the, diligence. Shout out to the people that get the inside joke. But anyways, um, we'll definitely work on doing some upgrades. And then we're, we plan on doing some giveaways for you guys. Now that we're finally more established, we're finally on YouTube. We got the camera going. Almost like 20 episodes. Yeah, 20 episodes. That's crazy. It's coming soon. Um, And double digits of us together. Right. So... Oh yeah, with, uh, with uh, the mic quality hopefully getting established better, and us getting more episodes out to you guys, we want to start doing some giveaways to just uh, just show some appreciation out to the community. Obviously, for me as a store owner, it's a little easier. I can get my own product at cost. So, with that being said, I'm going to try to get some some product for you guys, and then we can do some cool giveaways. See what uh, stuff is in store. If you want to join the Discord and you have some ideas, feel free to toss them in there. Stuff that you guys are interested in. I know certain products not everybody's a fan of, so I don't want to like give away a commander deck if nobody likes said commander deck or whatever. But um, with that all being said, let's just jump into this episode. Yeah, absolutely. So a few things with pre-release. Uh, one, I had a great time and I actually did really well as well too. Like I think I had like 3-0, 2-1 yeah. and then 3-0 on our sealed this week. Nice. So I really prepared and was just crushing it and with drafts yeah i mean stands right i have had three trophies so far and i've done like 12 or 15 yeah. like online already yeah if you like drafting and drafting a lot like being able to get a lot of reps arena is sweet for that but some of the cards that we were like right about when we were talking about it in our last episode one of my hot takes was clay fired bricks and i'm so proud of this hot take because this card is crazy yeah so, Clay Fired Bricks is one in a white. Artifact, when it enters the battlefield, search your library for a basic planes card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle. You gain two life with craft with artifact five and two white. It ETBs, makes two gnomes, and then gives all your creatures plus one, plus one. Yeah. And so it's like, I am guaranteeing a land drop. I am gaining life to right. sustain, sustain myself. Sustain myself. Wow. Mm -hmm. talking is hard but 
after that, like if you're already playing a deck that's playing a lot of creatures, like if you're doing blue white and you're having flyers, or if you're doing blue black and you've got a lot of like small creatures, it's just really great to then be like, oh, two more creatures, and this is huge now. Like they're all yeah. huge. It's almost yeah, it's impossible deal. to deal with late game, especially because there's not a lot of board wipes in this set. Right. There's the Fathomless Descent one, which means they have to have a ton of stuff in their yeah. graveyard for it that to one is pretty work. good. And I the, think there's a um, the white out drown and sorrow minus two all creatures. Yeah, that one's okay. It's not bad. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I it think, exiles, which is pretty cool. Yeah, the only part that's rough about that card is because there is so much exploring. Yeah. Things are like bigger than two yeah. toughness, like almost always. Right, which I kind of like actually. I was playing it in a couple of drafts I did where I comboed it with my guys having three butt. I'm like wipe your blockers, especially the chump blockers. Oh Get sure, them out of here. yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Exile, no descent for you. Pretty cool. But yeah, I agree. And that, and the card, honestly, just being able to search a land. I had a couple of drafts where I had like two of those guys, and I'm like, well, I can cut a land now because I have this two drop that's always going to get me a land. Yeah. And then yeah, I need to play like 16 lands feels really good. I think the deck that you built for me on Arena, I ended up being playing 15 lands, and it was like consistent. I was even activating Resplendent Angel, which is a six mana activation, and it was still getting there. It's like so good. Yeah. The um, card that also goes really well with this card is the Oltec Cloud Guard. That's the three and a white flyer, three, two, makes a one, one. Yeah. Yeah. All, when when you anthem and you've played like two of those already, right. lights out. That card is so good too. So good. We were worried. We were like, is this like a three, two flyer that's kind of medium rate at four mana, but it coming with a body yeah. matters a lot. The body matters a lot, especially when you're crafting and on top of that the aristocrats deck which is my favorite deck in the whole format uh, uh as far as like archetypes go sure i love the orzov deck and that guy's so good in there if you just need bodies to sack it just adds all that extra pressure getting in with some flyers and then just sacking them to either drain and gain or sacking them to the guy that has menace just such a crazy deck it's so much fun to play the aristocrats deck if you haven't had a chance to draft it you're getting past good black and white stuff just go for it <laughs> Yeah, I think it's tough to pilot. Like, I think it's mm. not easy for, like, someone to, like, pick that deck up sure. off, off the bat. I also think that, like, you have to have some really good cards. Yeah. Like, if you're not having, like, Bartolome, I'm like, man, right. I have a hard time getting into this deck. But it is really, really good. And I had some games, I think it was a game with the four mana, it's two and two black, the one that surveils. And then if it, you have to send eight every time you draw a card, you drain and gain. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I think I got to like three life. And I had the one, one four vampire that was like sacking stuff, yeah. to like gain a life and then gaining a life when I draw a card at the beginning of every turn. Yeah. And I was able to like beat a red green dino player just by like grinding out that way, like blocking, sacking. And it was, it was a lot happening, but I was able to get there and it's, it's sweet. Yeah. The deck you helped me build, um, we were basically all black and i pushed everybody out of drafting black in that deck and then just slowly started picking up the good white cards and i had like the vampire that makes himself indestructible the vampire that's a drain and gain when he sacrifices a guy no mana i had the guy with menace that's pay a black second guy he gets a one one counter and gains menace um bartolome so many sack outlets and then on top of that i had resplendent angel in the deck um a ton of guys to make bodies I think I might have had two Bartolomés. I can't remember. But the deck was just so cracked. 
So like, yeah, it is a hard deck to pilot for sure. But if you're in that archetype, it kind of pushes people out of it when you're drafting. And then nobody's going to want to take sack cards when they're not building the sack deck. So they yeah, just absolutely. always wheel. Right. It's so nice. Yeah. The other, um, I'd say my favorite archetype in the format, now that you mentioned your favorite archetype, I think mine's the red-blue artifact. Yeah. One. That's a good one. Though so the red-blue like pirate that like whenever something is ETBing, like an artifact ETBs, it gets a counter. Because, name. That card is disgusting. Right. But when you get like a treasure come in and like, oh, look at my Cogworth like wrestler coming in what, that's an artifact what's the artifact it's like a woman equipment and it's like if an artifact leaves the battlefield or a creature leaves the battlefield you get a one one counter on the guy and it gets it gains vigilance i can't remember the name but that card in the red blue deck is just so disgusting because all the red blue guys either have flying or are good <laughs> right yeah so there's just been a lot that's been really really sweet yeah about um that deck that i really enjoy especially to the pickaxe the indestructible pickaxe that's oh, like yeah when you're when you diamond pickaxe right yeah when you swing you get a treasure it's just like when i have that in the red the red blue deck i'm like boop, 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 i also boop, got boop. owned by uh there's another one i can't remember the name i'm so bad with the names guys i'm sorry i'll get better but describe when it. i actually play the card you'll you'll know for sure it's an equipment that says when the creature attacks you can choose to sacrifice it to shock a guy oh I know what you're talking about. It's a torch. Yeah, that card is so good sometimes, especially in like the red green deck. You're like no blockers. Oh man, I'm I'm. It's disgusting. Yeah, because there are times where you're like, I'm just gonna swing in and get the extra damage. Yeah, and then if you want to like kill a chump blocker to like make sure that they have to sacrifice something. Yep. Oh man, card's really good. Yeah, agreed. 100%. Yeah. Uh. Another thing that we really got right, the Waterwind Scout. I know I talked about it, it's a two mana, uh, I'm sorry, three mana, when a two two flyer, when it ETBs make a map token. The card's at like a 60% win rate. Yeah, the Windrake. Three yeah. mana, two two flyer is like already just like a decent body for limited. And the fact that it comes with the map is just so good. Yeah. The maps yeah. really matter. Yeah. Um, then our friend, Cogwork Wrestler. This card is awesome. Like it being an artifact matters. It being a trick matters. You being able to craft with it matters later. Yeah. Really, I love this card. And I, because, right, I know that you're in a WWE. I told you, I was like, this, Ryan, I thought you'd really like this oh, guy. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even get it when you said that. You're, oh, you're going to love this guy. And I'm like, what? Oh. a little headdress and, right? <laughs> oh, oh, wrestler. Got it. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, card sweet. The Volatile Wander Glyph. I thought this card would be good. That like when it attacks, it's a one in a red. When it attacks, you discard a card. If you do draw a card. Oh, yeah. It's an artifact golem creature. Two minutes, two, two. What was tap? Yeah, whenever this creature's tapped. Oh, so it's not even just an attack trigger. Right. Wow. So when yeah. you're using the militia, the like one, three, that like you can tap two creatures or artifacts and you shoot someone. You can tap your, like, oh, man, I can't swing with my 2-2. Yeah. I'm going to tap it. Now I'm also getting that trigger, and I'm shooting you. For right. And I know the Boros deck is really bad, but, like, that with the white rare that can tap guys to grow is, like, one of the sickest uh, limited combos you can even do right now. Yeah. But usually you're like, oh, I really hope I can splash this guy because the Boros deck is just so bad. So bad. Unless you get, like, all the best rares. If you get, like, the best rares, yeah, the Boros deck is playable, but it's like it's like playing blue-white in uh, Wilds of Eldraine. Okay, you got Hilda. And you got the white, blue, uncommon. That's different. <laughs> yeah, the one... That's part of the reason... Sorry to go back. But that's part of the reason why I really loved 
the blue red deck with whenever an artifact ETBs yeah. is because of that one rare one five creature that like whenever it's on your end step or my end step when an artifact hits the battlefield I get to look at the top two put a card into my hand to the other end of the graveyard oh, yeah. on both of our turns if I'm doing it so if I'm flashing in a cogwork wrestler oh and a turn I get the trigger right oh a treasure is made get the trigger card is illegal to play <laughs> card goes straight to jail sure sure um yeah pathfinding axe jaws the next one i had that's the it's a four three for four when he etbs it explores right this card is so hard to deal with mm-hmm. if you get a counter on it right like five four for four who knew this card's nuts yeah. and the card advantage i think the card advantage is i heard this a lot at pre-release I don't know how to evaluate explore. Yeah. And I said, look, I actually think exploring is better than scrying. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because you have the ability to draw cards off of it. Right. If it's a land, if it's not a land, you're getting value on the battlefield immediately. And you can decide, oh, I'm trying to hit a land drop. I'm going to bin it that I can then use later if you're doing descend things or want yeah, either descended now on this turn or you're trying to hit the descend thresholds. Yeah. And it's also, or if you want it on top, you're like, great, I put it on top. I know what card I'm getting next turn. And then I have the ability to still get value on the board. And right. so it's it's so good. I think I definitely agree with your evaluation on it. I think Explore, not like strictly better, but like 90% to 10% scenario-wise, where if you were going to bottom the card, Almost always, it's because it was a land, and now you're drawing it. So one, it's not in your deck anymore. Two, you got the card advantage. Three, hitting your land drops every turn feels really good if it's not contesting with you drawing gas. Right. And then if you hit a card that's terrible, you're like, well, I put it in my graveyard. And because of descend and all these mechanics, like you're talking about, graveyard is way better than bottom of deck, way better. So yeah, almost every situation you can be in. It's better than Scry, except like maybe one scenario where you're like, well, I wanted to look at the card, not have my opponent not see it, and leave it on top of my deck or whatever. Yeah, it's like, I'd say it's not better only in like constructed, where like if there's a card that you want to like bring to light, Mm -hmm. like you're going to be tutoring and you want to get that card. Right. Yeah, Scry is better because you can put it back into your deck instead of drawing it. Right. In that instance, it's better, but... A lot of the time, it's just, it's not. And Mm -hmm. in this limited format, I felt so much better about being like, oh, I did draw land. Well, that means my chances of hitting land next are less. Right. So, like, I have a higher chance of hitting gas now. And and, and that's felt good. And you get enough explore guys in your deck, and you're almost never missing a land drop. Or if you are um, going to miss a land drop, you're hitting gas. Yeah. And your guys are getting huge. So, sure. It just feels so good. Yeah. And then same thing, River Herald Guide, it's the 3-1 for 3. When it enters the battlefield, you explore. It's got Vigilance. And so it, if it's a 4-2 with Vigilance, you're like, I, yeah, you can chump block, but card, it, it's just The 2-drop that explores the 1-2 is just so good, too. Oh, yeah. That card is just... Oh, yeah. 2-mana, 1-2, blue, explorer. Like, whoa. I put, like, three of those in my deck. Just the been, like, fill, fill so them up. Consistent. It's yeah. so consistent. It's so good, especially... If you get, um, I forget the name of the card, but there's a three mana Merfolk. It's a two three. 
It gets plus one, plus oh until end of turn and unblockable if you explore. The two four. Two four. Yeah. Oh, dude. It's that a card. two four. It blocks really well. Yes. And then you're like, oh, explore, explore, yeah. explore. And it's it like hitting so in for hard. five. I've hit for Especially five. Especially when you can target card. it. Like if I'm hitting it with maps. Right. Oh, man. I've built some disgusting decks with that card. And I feel like people undervalue that card. I see it a lot. And it just wheels to it's me. It's really like, good. That's one of, I think that's one of my favorite cards in the format. Like if I can't go Orsoff, I'm usually looking for that guy. Well, and I can play it in almost every deck. Yeah. Like if I'm doing blue-red... I'm still grabbing those Waterwind Scouts right. that make the map tokens. And so I'm still going to be exploring. Yeah, or like the 1-1 one, one Siren something tamer. Yeah, the Siren Pirate. Pirate, yeah. It's like 1-1 one, one Flyer, uh, make a map, cool. Oh, yes, yes. It's a Siren Pirate. I, I forget the name of it. But yeah, 1-1, one, one, it makes a map. You, that card you grab every time because mm-hmm. it's flying too. Yeah, there's and, so many ways to make maps in, in that color and they spread into the other archetypes so nicely. Yeah, in blue-green you're exploring. In blue-black you are also exploring because you're descending. You're, you can play that 2-4 in every deck and not feel bad about it. And so it's like, I don't know why people don't want to play the card because it's, I guess, the only maybe deck that you wouldn't play it in is blue-white. But... Right. I'd probably still put it there too. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I like it in blue white. If you, especially um, one of my favorite cards in the set, and I don't know how I keep getting it, but I probably have like, if you could have more than four cards of a, a card in your collection in an arena, I'd have like sixteen of that white guy, the one drop that's like tap guys to get bigger. Oh. I always get that card, and I'm just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I feel that way about the three mana pirate that like when it attacks. It, you get to choose one that oh, hasn't been chosen this turn, yeah. and it's got first strike. You either exile the top card of your library, you make a treasure, or a creature can't block this turn. Yeah. I've drafted that card three times already. I've only done like 12 drafts, yeah. and I keep getting it. I'm like, okay, well, I'm playing red now because this card is also <laughs> illegal. So good. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much all the, the the cards that we thought were really good and limited that we really, really hit uh, the predictions on, I would say. We, were, we evaluated them pretty highly, and they seem good so far unless the limited format really changes drastically in the next couple couple weeks yeah there's always moments where people will find cards that they thought were not as good or that they thought were really good like cards like dead weight are not performing as well yeah. as we thought it would right even though it makes sense because descend can still use it same too with the mischievous pup they're finding you might not want to pick up things as often and yeah. Things aren't getting locked down. They're just getting straight killed. So right. It definitely doesn't feel as good as the Scry 2 guy from Walls of Eldraine. Right. Um, that guy was like always a good pick. Mischievous Pup is like, mm, it's okay. Yeah, it's at like a 54% win rate. Mm. And like usually when I'm looking at cards like and how well they're doing, I'm hopefully trying to take at least in my early picks or in my mid picks like cards that are over 56%. Yeah. I have to keep synergy in mind above the data because right. sometimes if you're just like I used to only pick like high card, high card, high card, and they don't play well together always. Right. Like you said, like, oh, this card's for a sack deck. So even though it's got a high win percentage, it's not great in my blue-white deck. Right. So uh, there's that. But the last thing I'd say about Limited is we had a lot of people at pre-release, and I had my friend call me, or I called him on the way to the uh, Madison RCQ. He was like, man, I, just, I listened to your podcast, and like, I did really great at pre-release yeah thank you and we love to hear it 
and we're glad that this is helpful. Like yeah. this, that's the goal of the podcast. So really love hearing stuff like that. Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I get to, I don't get to really play during pre-release. So I'm here all weekend just watching people play, helping people build their decks. And a lot of people reached out about specifically listening to the podcast, past couple pre-releases, doing a lot better. Um, one of my boys, um, Trent, he was like, dude, I, I like struggle with limited. I'm like, I feel like I'm actually building competent decks now and I know how to separate my cards into piles to make the cards make sense with each other and such. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's all. It, that's what it's all about, man. So have it here. And I'm really glad we could be helping you guys out. That's the whole point of what we're doing is like get content out for you guys that is actually worth listening to. And at the same time, you know, have some fun because we just love magic. So we love hearing from you guys. Tell us your stories. Join the Discord. Tell us what show us your deck list. I want to see your deck list. I want to talk about them. I want to brew stuff with you guys. Shout out to also our boy uh Julian. He's when we find the time, he's gonna help me build some uh I really like spelunking. And he said he will help me build a Guildgates deck because I think that could be playable in Pioneer. Well maybe. <laughs> wait till you get to modern. I did see it on a winning on a winning amulet titan list. Yeah, true, true. But that's that's so boring. I want Guildgates. You <laughs> <laughs> get your, your, your Gate Crasher Ram. Yeah, exactly. Gates of Blaze, etc. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're going to talk about what cards we've been seeing from Lost Caverns of Ixalan in Constructed. Definitely a bigger splash than Walls of Eldraine, I would say. Besides for Standard. Standard, Walls of Eldraine was like format change. Now it's like LCI is kind of doing the um, adding to the format as opposed to um how hard of a shift in standard we saw with wilds of eldraine i would say yeah like 20 weeks of march of the machine yeah wilds of eldraine made a big shift in standard and didn't in the other formats mm -hmm. except for agatha's old cauldron right until actually this set i put it in my show notes like in parentheses yeah. and wilds because i saw a lot of cards in pioneer that are from wilds of eldraine right. and i'm like oh because pioneer like RC is coming up, people yeah. are testing, and there are a couple of cards that I'm like, oh, so good. Right. So I'm really excited to talk about it. But LCI, as you mentioned, is kind of just adding some cards to existing archetypes. Yes. Um, which is really cool because some of them are strong. And we've seen some new archetypes, which I'm always down. Whenever we see a new archetype, I get really excited. Yeah. So uh, diving right in, first thing is first, a lot of this is really preliminary, right? Because on Arena and MTGO, the cards have been available since Tuesday. So we're right. technically five days in to what people have been brewing. Yeah. So this is like preliminary. Some of this is this, uh, not some of it. It will change. Yeah. There will be Definitely things changing. Great assault, but a lot of these decks are really cool. We're really excited for them. So if we sound extra excited for a deck, just keep in mind, it might not be a deck in like a month. Yeah. So, uh, getting right in, I'm, I started first with Pioneer. Uh, we've seen Warden of the Inner Sky being yeah. tested in Convoke. And That's the white guy I keep mentioning. I forgot the name. <laughs> yeah, so Warden of the Inner Sky is a one-mana white creature. As long as Warden of the Inner Sky has three or more counters on it, it has Flying and Vigilance. Tap three untapped artifacts in or creatures you control. Put a 1-1 one -one counter on it. Try one. Yep. Activate only as a sorcery. Yeah, and it's a 1-2, right? 1-2. Yeah. Card is so nuts because you don't have to tap itself for that ability. If you have like maps or whatever, like Unlimited, and you're getting a bunch of guys out, just tap them and the guy can still get in there, especially when he has Vigilance. So when he has Vigilance, because it's a sorcery speed ability, you can attack first at least and then start tapping guys after. 
part is so nutty and in a deck like convoke it just goes so wide with um the gleeful Demo- demolition and such getting all right. these extra bodies and the guys that normally would only have the payoff of tapping for convoke now can also tap for value yeah it gives you the ability right if you decide like if you play a turn two gleeful demolition oh all those dudes can't attack yet like you yes. don't have a uh restless bushwhacker you can just go okay well i'm gonna tap them all put a counter on my guy yeah. attack in that way or if your attacks aren't favored you mm-hmm. can just be like all right exactly let's start to grow and fly that's what i love about it the fact that because convoke was already going so wide really well but it doesn't it didn't really go like over the top and right now it has that ability to especially with the flying the fact that it has vigilance so it's a pretty decent blocker and it's a one drop so if they kill it you're almost always like hmm yeah, and one of the things that they've added as well that I think is really smart is they just started putting in um, Thalia, Guardian yeah. of Thraben. Yeah, you just need it. Right. A lot of ways you're getting interrupted is via spells. Right. And someone finally realized, outside of Gleeful Demolition, which is one mana, I'm not really playing spells in right. this list. I'm convoking. Mm-hmm. And so... Like all of my buffs are via other creatures. Yeah, and Thalia so, is a really good tap target for the warden because you're really rarely trying to block with her because you want to keep her alive. You're like, hey, this this chick just stays here chilling. Yeah, and makes your spells cost more, and that's such a big deal. Yeah, and then even more excited, it's Wilds of Aldrain, but they haven't seen it yet, and now every list is playing Imodane's Recruiter. Oh yeah, yeah, the Imodane's like recruiter. limited all star mm-hmm. Imodane's Recruiter. As I don't know if they're using it for the it's five mana make two twos, but yeah, I feel like they're just using it as a bushwhacker because you don't have to. But it has the backup, like oh well, top deck empty board state two guys, like that's so big. Yeah, that's so big. Awesome. We love that. Um, yeah, very very cool. Excited to see where that goes if it gets fine tuned anymore. Um, moving on, this is only a Wilds of Eldraine uh, pick, but I love seeing it. Picklock Prankster is making its way into Phoenix. So Picklock Prankster is an adventure card. On its adventure side, it's mill four cards. You may put a fairy instant sorcery spell into your hand. Hey, I talked about that card before it came out. I was like, yo, people might actually use this to draw spells. (laughs) And then on top of that, it's a uh, 1-3, it's a 1-3, 2-mana Vigilance Flyer. And for me, I was like, this fills the graveyard for your treasure cruises. Right. And you can pick a card. So yeah. hit an instant sorcery with it. It's like uh like when I mentioned it before it came out, I was like, this seems playable and constructed as like a peer through the depths or a like maybe like a replacement to strategic planning or something like that. And the fact that it's an instant speed really nice well i've seen people cutting ledger shutter for it because you have the ability to just be like oh i'm milling my phoenixes with this at instant speed and then i have the flyer honestly i don't hate that i actually think that makes way more sense ledger shredder feels like contextually it'd be way better in modern than pioneer anyway but yeah card is card, card is good um, um and hopefully we'll see more of picklock prankster because um i think the card is interesting like we said but it's not like it's really innocuous the card is kind of weak if you think about it it's like this card sucks but hey in the right you know in the right uh archetype any card can kind of shine if it finds the right fit yeah i yes absolutely uh the next card you had brought up was uh Tarion's oven i'm getting played in some sacrifice lists what's the card yeah it's i it's being played i've seen as like a one of mm-hmm. in pioneer not 
crazy, but Tarion's journal. Um, oh, I, I, I wrote oven, <laughs> so you're not wrong. You're good. My fault. But Tyrion's journal, one in a black, legendary artifact. You can tap, sacrifice another artifact or creature, draw a card, activate only as a sorcery. You can pay two mana and tap it, discard your hand, and transform Tyrion's journal. The transform side is it adds a black mana, or you may cast a creature spell from your graveyard this turn if you do it enters the battlefield with a finality counter on it and is a vampire in addition to its other types. That's pretty solid, actually. Yeah, especially yeah. cutting back your Mayhem Devils. That's like what matters the most. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. Getting cool. back Mayhem Devils, having the ability to like just have a draw engine. Mm-hmm. Feel sweet. That's really cool. Yeah, because Finality Counter and Mayhem Devil does not matter. <laughs> like it doesn't no. matter. We're just here to kill you. Right. Um, That's so cool. Um, We've also been seeing five color humans making resurgence, of course. We talked about uh, Cavernous Souls. It's just going to be a good card. People are going to be playing Cavern of Souls. So excited. Standard Pioneer is forever changed because this card is legal now. Um, but yeah, first five color humans deck at the challenge. And they're playing Kitesail Arsonist, which uh, I'll let you tell the people what it does. But it's basically like a replacement to the Reflector Mage slot. And I personally think it's way better just because of the fact that it has flying. The evasive body in, in addition to the removal is so nice. And the whole deck itself is... With the, with the ability to have uncounterable now, it's kind of clutch. Yeah, so what I think is so cool about this card, and I actually know a lot about it, only because the sealed beat on Friday ended up getting two yeah. in my main pool. One was uh, foiled, the other wasn't. It's two and a blue, uh, flying ward one, two, three. When it enters the battlefield, you may choose for each player. So this matters for commander. Uh, you can... Ha- Make one of their creatures a treasure token until this card leaves the battlefield. Can't you also do it for yourself? Like, if for whatever reason you really need a mana. <laughs> I think you could, because I think it's said for each player. Yeah, right. I'm pretty yeah, sure each you can. player. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Well, that, could, that could be interesting, like the one of 100 scenario. Yeah, and I think the ward one really matters. Yes, and it flying really matters. And the it's a human, human pirate. So that's right for the human's deck. But... Yeah, because uh, in the humans, like, we're seeing them play, it's Hopeful Initiate, I believe. No, no, no. Yes. Uh, is it is Hopeful Initiate the one that gives them all ward? No, you're That's thinking of Copper Coat Vanguard. Copper Coat Vanguard, yeah. Copper Coat Vanguard, the two drop, gives all humans plus one, plus zero, and ward one. So now this guy's a ward two. Where Reflector Mage, was, it was nice that they couldn't cast the guy, and you were actually removing it. But I feel like the fact that they can just, the next turn, just get it, get the guy back anyway is so much more impactful in pioneer where this this uh kite sail guy is like no this is a treasure now it's not leaving the board state it just sucks now i'm here i have ward one if i have a copper coat you're never killing it and if you do kill it then you're tapping out and then the humans player gets to do whatever they want to yeah and that just seems really really scary really scary not really surprised by uh the next one enigmatic fires i saw a one of virtue of persistence sure yeah Makes sense. Removal, seven yeah, drop, helps you... more low drop spells anyway that they could cheat in. And now they have a two drop interaction besides Leyline Binding. And it's a gain life. Really good. Yeah. And has the ability for like if you lose any of your creatures to the graveyard, have the ability to reanimate them. Yeah. It's like, oh, attracts is back. Right. And the deck already had a really kind of weird uh, creature to enchantment counts. So... That extra ability to like, well, you can't completely take me out. I'm always going to have this adventure. 
is it's really nice. Yeah. How about this next list? <laughs> this next list is the spice. Kind of crazy. People are already dooming, dooming and glooming, which is kind of hilarious. Like, oh, Pioneer's ruined. Format's bad now. I don't know what to do. <laughs> so unfun before this RC. Yeah, it's just not fun anymore. Pioneer's no longer fun. But this the list is kind of cracked. So we talked about how Discover was more or less a better version of Cascade. Um, more often than not, sends the cast trigger. However, uh, I didn't expect them to be able to combo with it so fast. And this isn't necessarily a combo. It's more like a really extended synergy. But um, it is kind of cracked. It kind of reminds me of... Uh, I used to play the second Historic on Arena. It's like Seagate uh, Oracle, where you can cast like a double spell. And then you would um, get all the guys out of your deck. And then you had a Tuck Tuck that gave them all haste. And then you would just like attack on turn three, which is kind of cool. Um, I don't remember what card we were abusing with that. But... Um, oh, it was Neoform. So you would Seagate, Neoform, and then you could like sack all your guys, get all the three drops, and then tuck tuck, and it's like boom, hit you for 30. Um, this deck is kind of similar to that play style, if you guys remember that deck um, at all, any of you uh, arena boomers. But Geological Appraiser, the four mana Discover 3, when it enters the battlefield, talked about how this card is pretty good and limited. Discover 3, just solid. Sometimes it hits bad, but in when you can just when you in constructed, when you can design your deck, it's not gonna hit bad. And this deck is disgusting. So Geological Appraiser, four mana red guy. Um, it's a 3 3. Yes. Body doesn't really matter, but it's a 3 3. three. three. Discover three when it enters the battlefield, which means you're going to hit from your deck until you hit a three or, three or lower. There are only three drops to hit in this list so far. And they two are, three drops. Yeah, two different three drops, which is uh, Glasswool Mimic. So if you hit Glasswool Mimic, you get another Geological Appraiser enter the battlefield effect because it enters the battlefield as a copy of a creature. And then the other card you hit is Aldrich Evolution. <laughs> so Aldrich Evolution is back, which is cool because two green cards that were like not getting played in Pioneer are back with a vengeance. Aldrich Evolution is back, which is awesome. So you can sack the four drop to get a six drop and you'll hit one of two different six drops that have like Discover 5 or whatever. Then you can just start doing it all over again, spread your whole deck out. And then eventually you try to get like a Galta or something. You can even get a Galta out of your graveyard. There's like a um, one of the split cards from Gil's Ravnica, Connive, con Conduct, or Concoct, or whatever. Yeah, I know. Um, that will reanimate a guy out of your graveyard after you surveil three. So that can like get you like a early Galta play, dump your hand out. But the deck is really cool, and it did really well at the Pioneer Challenge. Uh, we'll Six see and if two. It's, uh, we'll see if it's consistent. I mean, obviously, when a new archetype comes out, you get the surprise factor, right? But at the same time, when people see your hand they can start forming game plans for it so we'll see if it's a real deck in the future yeah um, it's just kind of dependent and as i think you mentioned you thought the deck looked sweet but with a little bit of time to fine tune we yeah. could even see a better list yeah i was saying how when i first saw this i was like this list actually looks bad and if they fine tune it it looks like it could get crazy because right now it's just like a ton of expensive spells that pitch for treasures because that's the only thing that fits if we get a new card printed that makes the deck better or people find a card that uh, wasn't looked at that kind of formulates the archetype a little bit more consistent. Because the deck right now can probably, it's potential that the deck can just fumble or maybe they find the right hate card for it. I, I don't think there's any Torpor Orbs in Standard or in Pioneer yet. Um, but an effect like that could uh, be kind of scary. Oh, I think there are actually, there might be like a Torpor Orb effect, but um, it, might, it might be on a creature. We'll see. Anyways, forcing the deck to play 
of removal probably will be better for the format than not. And then the next deck that's also kind of spicy. Um, yeah, the Quintorius combo. Uh, if you haven't heard about it, it's Quintorius, uh, and the Quintorius' minus ability is you discovering. Yeah. And you discover into Spark Double. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, is it Discover 4? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I thought it was 3. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. So you're discovering into a Spark Double to make another Quintorius, and whenever you, I think it's play a card from Exile, you go, you gain 2, drain 2. Yeah. And so you just make a ton of Quintoriuses and then just start drain two, gain two, drain two, gain two until right. your opponent's dead. Yeah. So. Because with both of them in play, the Spark Trouble is not legendary. So you get to keep both of them. Yeah. And now you're drain four. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's crazy. It's pretty crazy, but inconsistent. Like it's Very not. inconsistent. Yeah. yeah it's, somebody played it here already at our Pioneer local and we're like, that's cool. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was Jeremy. Maybe, maybe we'll see if it's like, uh, if more consistent versions of the deck come up. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy was having a good time with the list. Uh, it's funny because I think somebody else was playing a, a crazy de- deck list too. I don't know if it was the Agatha Soul Cauldron deck uh, that our buddy Alex was playing that Mike Polini let him borrow. I just can't remember uh, the list because I wasn't watching the Pioneer games that week. But yeah, Quintorius combo. Jeremy, shout outs again for playing some cool spice. Hopefully the deck list, uh, I think that the Geological Praiser deck list is a little bit more real. Yeah. But both decks definitely seem to have some kind of foundation that can be worth building upon. Mine for we'll me. See. I can grab those Geological Appraisers before they start shooting up. Yeah. Well, it's a common, right? So hopefully it won't be that bad. Uncommon. It's uncommon? Okay. Well, then it's going to be another Spelunking. Right. <laughs> um, next, a little bit of standard. Uh Malcolm Alluring Scoundrel, we've seen jump into the Soldiers deck as like a two of. Yeah, and Soldiers uh, won the challenge, right? Yeah, won the challenge. Uh, It's a flying 2-1. When it connects, you draw a card, discard a card. Once you get to, and you get like song counters on it. Once you get to four, you can start casting those discarded cards without paying their mana cost. Right. So just a flash flyer for two that has upside of drawing cards. So... Really it's sweet. not a uh, soldier. So no, it's a siren it's, pirate. So it's it's that good. They're like, yeah, we'll play this guy. I mean, it kind of fits the theme anyway. Soldiers, most of these guys are flying. Flash. Like they're blue and, and flashing. So he kind of like more or less fits in there. But maybe we'll see a pirate deck. Yeah, could be. Uh, we're getting close. We're getting close to like having a real dinosaur deck. We're getting close to having a real pirate deck. Right. Like we're getting close on some of these like fringy. Um, maybe vampires. I forget. We can't Why, say we... tribal anymore. Whatever. Whatever. Kindred? whatever it's a kindred or typal i don't know so, uh, the, the same creature types creature types <laughs> um next deep cavern bat it's the thought sees bat has made a little bit of a splash into esper control yeah that card is cool it's Sounds like a reasonable. Kaiser Booter. yeah but as lifelink yeah thought sees bat get lost getting put in a lot of de- oh in that same list i saw get lost which of course card's great oh yeah and the anchorage yeah. New and Restless Lands. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. It was making me think of like seeing that. I was like, now there's three? There are three lands that you can play that attack? In those de- yeah. yeah. There's all, all, all 10 of them are out now. Yeah. So it's like so all man, lands man lands are taking over standard. Get they're ready. They're cool, man. They're so cool. I'm actually really glad that they went about it this way. It would have been so boring if they were just like, here's Celestial Colonnade. Here's Raging Ravine. Like, maybe Pioneer Raging Ravine would be clutch, maybe, but, like, there's not really any Jun decks. Rakdos kind of has, like, that slot covered. I guess you could splash green. But the Restless Lands are cool. 
I love that they all have attack, attack triggers because not all of the original Manlands had attack triggers. Most of them had abilities. And they all have like pretty pretty good balance and design. I would say like really interesting cards. I know when they spoiled the first five, I was not high on all of them. But in standard, I was playing blue-white control. And my only splash was um, the Restless Fortress because it was the lifelink gun sure. and uh, drain, in, drain for two. Right. And I wasn't high on that card initially, but I love that card so much. In my blue-white control deck that I brewed, if you want the deck list, I'll post it in Discord. Um, I was crushing with it <laughs> against like Domain and a lot of the standard decks before Caverns of Ixalan. The, um, the draining game was so clutch. I was like, yeah, I'm going to play uh, Xander's Lounge anyway, so I'll just play four of these guys, and it's just like a tap swamp for me. Or uh, planes. <laughs> yeah, it just the only thing I don't love about it is the ability to like write every deck then has late game grind. Yeah. Which is great, but also like some of the aggro decks or like you have to play spot removal. Right. Spot removal that can hit man lands. Yeah. Like it can't say non land permanent anymore. Well, they're, they're a, lot, a lot of them are really slow, so I don't think we'll have to worry too much. Like Mono Red's never gonna care that you have a restless cottage. If they're on turn six, then you lost probably. Right. And it has to be turn seven before they pop the food. So they have to have been really cooking. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I feel you. It it can be a little bit um daunting, especially for new players, where it's like, oh, modal face double cards. Now everything's a spell. Uh t- creature lands. Now everything's a spell. Uh, when does it stop? And I, I personally, because I mean, I've been playing Magic forever. Uh, you, you, you as well. I like it more that every card has something to do than not so that everybody kind of feels like no matter what, they're always kind of in the game, even if they realistically aren't. And there's like interactions to be had. Yeah, that's, I think that's a good point. The only like devil's advocate side to it is that when you put in additional factors, I think it's harder for new players to want to play because there's so much happening and there's so so much that you have to keep track of. That like it's probably it's one of the reasons why I have a hard time with modern yeah. is that like such small mistakes break you. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, like yep. that one burn game, yeah. it was one one play out of sequence. Yep. Like could have made the difference of the whole game. And yeah. I'm and it was like me choosing a block at a different time. Right. And it's it's stuff like that that I'm like, oh man, because you know, when like red black in pioneer is like dominated by like them having den of the bugbear and hive of the eye tyrant when they don't have creatures right. so it's like you have to have answers for those right and having the ability of being like okay i have to deal with all your dudes on board plus these guys as yeah. well is just like it it can be t- tough entry for new people for sure i definitely agree with that um New players are going to see a lot more mechanics, but hopefully that's like exciting. It's like, oh, wow, this game is interesting. It's not just a bunch of vanillas. Yeah. Because like getting people to Magic back in the day was like, so this guy's a 6-6, six, six, and if you block with your 5-5, five, five, you lose? And it's like, uh, this game sucks. <laughs> 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 but no, for sure. I definitely, I, I definitely agree, which is why we do what we do. We're here to help new players get better and experienced players reach their goals, um, argue, debate, get better together, challenge each other, etc. That's like the whole goal. And in store, I'm all about helping new players. I'm always down, come to the shop, help you out. If you're in the area, we'll get you better. We'll get you practice, sharpen up those skills. Being of which, Gabe, get, get back to us on uh, helping you with sideboarding for standard. Got yourself a session. Four for four. Yeah, <laughs> you, you've, got, you've got a session with us. 
use it. You'll know what I mean. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, if you if you pay for Patreon, Gabe, uh, you should definitely use your uh, coaching sessions. We'll find the time. I can stay up late. No worries. Yeah. Um. Uh. Lastly, for standard Boros Agro, saw Boros Agro list oh, looks so, so cool. hot. Inti is hot. Yeah, it's Warden of the Inner Sky, Inti, uh, Calendaring Traveler, and Anim Pakal, Thousandth of the Moon, and Get Lost. Yeah, Get Lost is such good aggro removal. <laughs> yeah, I have to just shout out here to Anim Pakal. Holy cow. It's a three mana human that when you attack with a non-gnome creature put a counter on it and you make attacking gnomes based off of how many counters are on a nim yeah and i had that in sealed it's crazy and every card in this deck is a human it's playing cavern of souls so that you can't have stuff be countered Plus, you're making gnomes like on ETB. It just feels like you're having a second um, Adeline. Yeah, and it's so funny because like in limited specifically, like the gnome payoffs are so awkward. It's like, oh yeah, all these cards make gnomes. All right, so what? What the gnome lord doing? No, 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 no. They're just gnomes. They're just yeah. There. It's just like oh, you don't play gnomes with these guys. Yeah, it's just that Anim comes just comes with homies. Yeah, he just brings the boys exactly. <laughs> Look at my gnome friends. Know me? Don't you know me? <laughs> Okay, a point. You get a point. Um, oh, anyways. Yeah, modern. La- lastly, we're seeing a couple cards coming to modern. Uh, not I, really anything exciting. Like, nothing that I've been like, wow. Well, I promised Sal I'd talk about modern. So I'll at least say some stuff about it. Uh, if you're cascading, you're, you got to be cascading for beans. I feel like Rhinos just isn't it right now. I don't know. Especially with Scam, just being what Scam is, I feel like if your Bean's cascading, you can beat Scam. If your Rhino's cascading, they're going to cast your Rhino's with their Dothy Voidwalker, and you're going to lose. Um, Tron is the best deck. <laughs> um, but honestly, though, Tron is probably keeping a lot of these decks in check. Tron can beat Scam. Tron can beat Four Color Pile. Tron can beat Rhino's. Tron can't beat Burn. Uh, Hardened Scales is like a 50-50 hammers are supposed to be hard but maybe not um the metagame is is in my opinion the metagame is pretty solid i know a lot of people are tired of scam and sure scam got uh like in your notes scam got molten collapse so yeah. maybe you want to get tell them what the card does really quick yeah so molten collapse give me a second because i Rectos was not. two drop uh it's like a upgraded dread bore so it only took us what 11 years but we finally we finally got an upgrade to dreadboard <laughs> yeah honestly i think it's a good card because dreadboard sucks this card is so much better yeah so it's black and a red sorcery choose one if you descended this turn you may choose both instead destroy target creature or planeswalker destroy target non-creature non-land permanent with mana value one or less in modern when you are cracking a fetch land it says descend mm-hmm. so this happens Yes, counts as a descend. So this happens pretty easily. Yeah, all your revolt triggers in addition to any uh, discarding, etc. So the the Molten Collapse is strictly better Dreadbore. It's still a sorcery, but the ability to hit these non-land one-drops that can be a problem for you 
um especially the graveyard hate like relic of progenitist all the, all these cards like that it's like okay at least you have a way to get rid of it now you're back in the game sure you have to rebuild but you just want to get those cards off the battlefield and it can hit zero drops as well which is really nice um and it's good against like hammer time and stuff like that when you can hit these low drop uh it kills cost hammer right so it is interesting not that not this camel struggling with hammers but just just to bring it up you know and it can hit amulet of vigor um it's it's uh, amulet titan is really really strong and that's a big deal that they can do that so it's a it's a it's an upgrade obviously but it's not like something they can just fit in for free they have to decide what they're going to cut for it in addition to this other card they've been playing which is um stalactite stalker i believe that some uh some of the rectos scam decks have been playing yeah it's been a brew that's come from uh aspiring spike sure and uh the card is a one 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 black when you descend like if you descended this turn put a counter on it at your end step yeah at your end step Mm -hmm. and you can pay three mana sacrifice it and give minus x minus x equal to the number of counters on it to a target creature yeah and i believe it also has menace and it does have menace so it can get it's like one drop that can get big um on turn one it's like fetch line that guy it's a two two already go yeah to your turn do whatever you want and it's a good it's good into the mirror of scam right because it can fight off a ragavan and then if it does get bigger like it's you're cooking yeah so that's why um i think the card is worth talking about i don't think it's like an amazing card for modern but with scam being as prevalent as it is anything that can help you in the mirror matchup is at least worth talking about sure yeah and i think it's interesting to note that we're still getting Rakdos cards. People are like, every set's like, oh, Rakdos got a card. Yeah, but like every other guild got cards. It's just right. we're only talking about Rakdos because it's the best deck in two formats. So I think people are kind of tired of it, but I, I want to like reiterate, it's not, I personally don't think it's broken. I think that the formats are pretty balanced. It's just you're kind of like, there's like a lot of confirmation bias. You know, there's like, oh, well, I'm always seeing it. Oh, it's 20% of the meta. Yeah, well, like every beans challenge beans like has 15. this many decks of it yeah, exactly well like guys that are already playing these lists they're not really incentivized to change lists so yeah you're gonna see the same guys playing the same deck why would they play a deck that they're worse at when their deck is consistent um which is fine and as long as it's not egregious and i thought i don't think scam is egregious yet i know that a lot of people don't like evokes a lot of people really hate modern horizons these are fair takes they're fair opinions uh, I'm not quite there yet, but as far as my own's concerned, it's always going to be like a strong, fast format. So just something to either get used to or switch to Pioneer if you really hate it that much. Pioneer is looking like what Modern used to be, and it's really fun. I mean, I just like Magic in general, so I'm never going to really complain about a format too Same. much. Um, I just yeah, I just like Magic too much to yeah. care, and I like powerful decks. So if you OTK me in Legacy with Storm, um, with uh, yeah storm uh tendrils or or whatever doomsday if you blow me out i'm not gonna really complain if you play an infect or burn and you crush me because i'm playing tron it just is what it is you know but i um, I will complain if you play bust and blow up every land i have (laughs) and keep all of yours in a game of modern did they resolve bust on you yeah yeah it was game (laughs) one have only been booms it was game one i was on like uh i think two basics and tron yeah and they went bust. Yep. And I was like, that's crazy. 
And someone over to the right of me was like, oh, we busting? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> we busting? I was like, yeah. That's crazy. Uh, if you're playing Tron, uh, Frank was uh, playing Tron this weekend. Hardened skills is hard. Creature combo activation abilities are hard. Yawgmoth is the third most spent played deck right now, which is a testament to Scam probably because it's it's honest. I, f- I would rather be Yawgmoth against Scam than backwards. But the thing is, I'd also rather be Merktide against Scam. So I don't know. Like I just don't think Scam is as bad as people say it is. Um, the Yawgmoth players have Yawgmoth, obviously, and Soul Cauldron. The Hardened Scales are going to have a bunch of abilities. It's time to cut Pithy Needle if you don't have space. Or, uh, I forgot the name of the card, two mana creatures can't activate their abilities. Curse Totem. Curse Totem, yes. I was in my sideboard. Yeah, I wasn't playing Curse Totem for a while in Tron. I think now is the time. If you're not playing this card in your Tron sideboards, it is a really good card and target. You just want that card. Um, the meta is looking like that's now is the time. It but, stops uh, the Walking Ballista. Combos that uh, stops Yogmoth. Yeah. It stops uh, anything Agatha Soul Cauldron is trying to do. It stops people from activating Arkham Ravenger. Um, it stops uh, Unfortunate Mystic, I guess, if, if you really, really want to bring it in against that deck. It's just there's a lot of activated abilities from creatures that you would be surprised don't matter way more than Pithy Needle being able to hit Planeswalkers because Planeswalkers aren't really a problem for Tron, especially right now in the current current iteration of Modern. Um, Spelunking, our card. We love that card. The card is so cool. Three mana enchantment. Your lands can enter untapped. But here's the kicker in Amulet Titan. I don't remember the wording on the, the replacement effects from the judge, but they can still have their tap lands enter tapped if they choose to mm. to get the amulet tri- triggers because in theory it's like if it was not optional okay your um your two your your bounce line comes in untapped um no like multiple triggers if you have more than one amulet i believe they get to choose which means they can still if they have multiple amulets go oh untap 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 which is crazy but now it's like an additional way to have untapped lands really good when you have the prime time and then I don't think they're playing any caves, but uh, Spelunking is also a growth spiral where you draw a card and you get to play an extra land. Uh, when you enter, the, when it enters the battlefield, draw a card. You may put a land. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's a three mana growth spiral enchantment or explore enchantment, whatever you want to call it. Draw a card, play an extra land. Your lands are untapped. So good. And the Titans been. We were already expecting the Titans to play it. They are playing it. A deck just won with it. So. Um, card is good and honestly Splunking probably nice to have right now considering Molten Collapse is making it easier for Scamp to play against your amulets well now I have a 3 mana you can't blow this one up Um, really cool primetime deck is sweet I know our boy Brandon who uh, scooped his RC invite with Tron because he wanted to keep playing more RCQs uh, also plays Amulet Titan and he, he gets really good results with that deck as well deck is Really scary. If you are a Tron player, this is a bad matchup for you. You really want to know the matchup. Um, besides that, the modern metagame is looking like it's going to be pretty consistent. Unless there's a ban, uh, which I don't see happening. It's going to be pretty consistent throughout the rest of this RCQ season. Um, and then we'll see what the RC looks like next time. Maybe they'll do a ban at the end of the season. Or because it's the end of the season, just so that the RC looks different. 
I know we have the Pioneer one coming up, so it's going to be a while. But uh, as far as bands are concerned, I'd much rather see some unbands. Like, I think Death Right Shaman, it's like time. Like, what are we doing? Bring it back. I honestly have been thinking about it for a while. I think Ponder could also come back. I don't really see a problem. I Ponder, in my opinion, is the, is the strongest cantrip in the game besides the the, the Power 9 one. <laughs> But uh, besides Recall, uh, which isn't even really a cantrip because it's part of Vantage, Ponder is, in my opinion, the strongest. Brainstorm obviously has, like, it's like Brainstorm or Ponder, which one is better. Most people would say Brainstorm, I, I think, in my opinion, Ponder is stronger. Brainstorm, though, with Fetchlands, crazy. The thing is, Brainstorm isn't printed in a modern legal set, so we're never going to see it in modern unless they put it in Modern Horizons 3 or something. We'll see. Uh, Ponder though the blue decks just need help if you look at modern metagame besides murktide there are no blue decks unless you count omnath which doesn't play blue cards it doesn't even play their blue elemental they play omnath um there are maybe like a couple blue cards in the deck to fairy so that's about it they don't even play like odawara so like blue just kind of in my opinion i think blue needs help in modern it's not doing anything uh, preordained didn't do what we thought it was going to do which was help them out a little bit it did kind of give a boost to murktide but besides that it's like every single deck is non-blue which is crazy because back in the day it was hard to go to a tournament and not see blue white control jeskai control splinter twin blue red moon etc yeah the only other deck is like rhinos but to me that feels like a a green yeah a it, green it, red deck it's a that, gruel deck that has yeah, a blue splash it, yeah it's a gruel deck that has you know the cascader and yeah, force like, negation like, and that's it every blue card has a not blue card attached to it whether it be fire and ice realization is simic uh i guess it's only subtlety like that's the only other so, yeah. blue card that and it's the same with living end where living ends like yeah we have like some blue guys i guess <laughs> um yeah, so like I think Ponder could make sense in modern. I definitely think Death Right Shaman would be awesome, especially because DRS could be good against Scam. It's a good blocker for Regavan. It has two toughness for Orcish Bowmasters. It attacks the graveyard. Um it's not quite like what it would be in Legacy. I think it I think it's still way too busted for Legacy, but in Modern, I think Death Right Shaman would be a really interesting card. Ponder, I could be argued against it being too good still but i i just the blue decks just need help you know and if they get a little bit of a boost why not maybe we'll see some blue red gift storm for like the first time in ever 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 but um i i haven't really thought too much about other cards because i think cards like splinter twin are still too strong birthing pot is still too strong artifact lands potentially could be unbanned in my opinion i don't think they're too strong but uh whenever you bring up artifact lands people get triggered so i'll just leave that one on the back burner for now <laughs> um any thoughts of your own or maybe for pioneer because he have some unbans um no i mean i think that everything's fine right now i'm just more excited to see what's going to come out with lci and, yeah. more, and more testing yeah i definitely um, want to see more testing and more data before we do anything but if they're going to talk about bands i want to see some unbans first yes i agree with the unbans especially for modern i think yeah. that there are plenty of cards that like aren't busted in modern anymore that should be allowed to be played and i don't know why they're not considering it yeah like oko um, 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, don't know about that, but uh, the only other thing I would say was the card that is being tested that I'm excited about is like in the Asmo decks, Souls of the Lost. Oh, dude, Souls of the Lost. Souls is of the Lost so cool. is like, I'm sorry, Tarmogoyf, but I feel like Tarmogoyf is dead. Friendship with Tarmogoyf over. Yeah, with, <laughs> with Souls of the Lost because it's. Or how many permanents are in your yard? It just gets bigger, and I've seen. It's like what Lurgoyf wishes it could be. Yeah, I just see people having a Souls of the Lost that's like a fifteen, sixteen, like just absolute crazy. And yeah. like even you, like, you uh, can go like turn two, it's a nine, it's an eight nine. Like what? Yeah, that's uh, what was the two drop that came out in Zendikar Rising that you can like each player loses half their life or whatever if you kick it. But it was getting played in Death Shadow for like a uh, like a hot second. Uh, Scourge of the something I can't remember. There's like a two mana black guy that's like my power is the difference in how much life we've lost or whatever. So if you're at 16 and I'm at 15, it's a four four. Mm. Um, and then if whoever has the highest life total kind of determines how big it is, and it's a, it's supposed to be like a 2020. But uh, that card. It feels like Souls of the Lost is what that card really wanted to be. Souls of the Lost is just so big, consistent. The caveat of having to discard or sack a guy, not really an issue. And it's beneficial in those type of decks. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, it's just really beneficial in those Honestly, types of decks. Honestly, I'd be... <sighs> Cabal Therapy is already a thing, but I would be even down in Legacy if, like, Nick Fit wanted to be like, oh, I'm going to sack the Veteran Explorer to my Souls of the Lost. Something crazy like that. I don't know. Souls of the Lost is really cool. We'll see if it ends up being real. Graveyard Hate is a thing in modern, but attacking the graveyard for specific cards is more um, common than just like wiping their graveyard. Delirium, obviously, is already a thing. So people are mainboarding their graveyard hate. Will Souls of the Lost be real in spite of that? I guess it is to be determined. To be determined. All right. Well, that is our show. Um, thanks so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. First shout outs to Borsak Gaming for allowing us to record here and uh, record all of our episodes. Mm -hmm. If you are looking for sealed product for LCI, this is the last chance you have to get set boosters or draft boosters. So <laughs> you got to get them so now before Limited is dead. <laughs> um shout out to yeah. Todd for helping us out as well. He's yes. over here literally helping us out for free. And we're really mean to him. We're really mean to him. I don't know why he helps us, but he yeah. does. And you gotta give because he needs to be fed. Yeah, you gotta give. <laughs> you gotta put the commander code in. <laughs> um with that too, uh we also want to shout out to MTG Chicago for doing some of the recording for our videos. Also, Sal doing our thumbnails. Yes. Thank you so much. You are the best. The thumbnail for this pre-release looked hot. Yeah, it was really, really cute. I and, thought it was awesome. Really and appreciate I it. Appreciate you bearing with me uh, instead of Stan because I have a lot of picky things that I like changing. <laughs> yeah. uh, this point, this point. I got this. So put us there. Messaging me, and I screen kept the messages, and I was like, "You need to do this." I'm dead, and then I went to sleep. <laughs> Which the funny thing is, is I love doing stuff like yeah. that, but I know that I'm not the most fun to deal yeah. with because well, I, I have a that. very just, specific vision yeah. of like what I want. No, so I I'm agree. like, make these changes change these colors mm -hmm. yeah if i wasn't dying i would have definitely been in the same boat uh it's just like i was so sick last week guys and i'm sorry i i wish i had more info to say about lost caverns Line. it's just frank had to carry me this time because i ended up in the hospital so it is what it is i am the cogworth sal if i didn't give you enough of a modern wrap-up 
hit us up on Discord, bro. I got you. We can talk about modern on the phone. And we'll definitely get more as we're seeing more come yeah, into come into uh, testing. And I think that'll happen a lot with you know all our MTG nerds not going out to get plastered at the bars and instead staying inside to play Magic, which is probably what I'll be doing this next week. Being like, <laughs> oh, wasted Wednesday. More like. I'm in my house playing MTGO. It's really cold, so we're going to start seeing a lot more games of Magic and a lot less volleyball. <laughs> right. Uh, um, shout out to Nancy Steroids. Intro and outro music and music that we stream with. Yes, absolutely. Really good music, too. Yeah, they do a lot of lo-fi stuff, and go and check them out uh, on Spotify. Uh, I know that with like Spotify wrapped, because I use him via Spotify, he's like doing a personal video just like he, he almost gave me a shout out because of how much content we give him. Uh, so please, oh, that's awesome, man. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, go ahead and check him out. And did I miss anything? Uh, Borhat, Todd, Sal, MTG Chicago, Nasty Steroids, viewers like you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, well, that's all. Uh, we'll see you next time for some more updates right before the modern season ends in RC. And I'll have a RCQ for sealed this weekend. Yeah. Uh, so we'll give you some updates on that too. But one uh, last time before we go, please, if you don't mind, hit that subscribe button. Give us a follow on Twitch. Really appreciate it. Share our posts. You know, uh, tell your friends about us. We're really grateful. We just want to keep growing the content. Yeah. With that being said, I think that's all we have for you guys. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Bye.